Hey everybody, Chris here. You may know us these days as the Personal Injury Mastermind, but you've discovered our roots when we first started as the Rankings Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Over the years and hundreds of episodes, we've expanded our reach while staying true to our mission. We help you and your firm dominate the competition with insights from some of the best in the legal industry. You may notice that these older episodes sound a bit different. That's because we also embrace change and growth. I hope you enjoy this episode from the vaults and listen to a few of our newer episodes while you're at it. Thanks for being here. Let's begin. Something that I hear time and time again from successful personal injury firms these days is the value of great service. In this modern world, your clients aren't just comparing their experience with your firm to that of another lawyer. They're also comparing you with Amazon, Netflix, Apple, Starbucks, and all the companies that market a service to them. So does your customer service stand up to these big household names? Today's guest is certain that his firm lives up to the challenge. Why? Because he's designed a firm when the client always comes first. I think all of our folks know that um, they have to keep our clients happy. You can be as good a lawyer as you wanna be, you can have as big a firm as you wanna have, but it's gonna be short-lived if it doesn't revolve around that. George Salinas, one of Texas's leading personal injury lawyers, knows all about building a successful firm from the ground up. Today, we talk about how hiring for values delivers the ultimate client experience, why George loves giving back to the San Antonio community, how a hybrid marketing approach helps George extend his reach, and why there's no shame in starting your day with a pumpkin cream cold brew coffee. That's coming up on the Rankings Podcast the show where founders, entrepreneurs, and elite personal injury attorneys share their inspiring stories about what they did to get to the top and what keeps them there. I'm Chris Stryer. Stay with us. George Salinas' career has gone from strength to strength. He's a regular feature of the top 100 trial lawyers. He was named on the 2020 Texas Lawyer List and he went from solo attorney to successful firm owner through sheer determination. George is the son of a legal secretary and a car salesman, and he first got the bug for the legal process when he heard about the mid-90s case that shook the nation. I've been a lawyer for a total of 15 years, had my practice for going on 10, Uh, but what originally drew me to law growing up as a kid was just my mom was a legal secretary in the federal courthouse, my dad was a car salesman, so I spent a lot of time in both places. So the I think the attraction to being a trial lawyer was sort of like the way to marry uh, to marry the two uh, for me. I grew up in the generation that was uh, where the OJ trial was going on in the 90s. I was uh, I think I was 13, 14 years old while that was going on, and I was just captivated by that and the advocacy, the, the lawyers, the dueling, the duking it out in court. And, uh, you know, from there, it's just my natural landing place to where I'm at today. Yeah, so I, I didn't uh, prep for this or anything, but did you get a lot of those soft skills and stuff from your dad and, you know, taking home conversations and, and then you kind of transition that to your the trial, uh, prepping for trial and stuff like that? Yeah, so I think, you know, obviously I, I got something from both places where, you know, being around my mom's place of work and, and also being my, around my dad's place of work. And uh, yeah, you know, I think hearing and listening to, I think some of like the intangible things that you can't teach, how to talk to people, uh, how to treat them with respect, but being on a sales floor, for example, a lot of that stuff 
uh, is applicable to what I do today. And, and also things that I, I think I, I developed working. I mean, I've worked since I was 16. And so um, picking up a lot of those skills that apply, you know, as a trial lawyer inside the courtroom, but also importantly inside our office. Absolutely. Dealing with dealing with the staff and dealing with individuals. Just, I, I think it's when you have those skills, it's so they're so valuable for all facets of the business. And I kind of wanted to jump in, you know, before kind of the transition from law school. So you work for a couple of firms you work for, and I may pronounce these incorrectly, Donnell, Abernathy and Kishnek, and then the law office of Fidel Rodriguez Jr. And in kind of 2011, you struck out on your own. So what was kind of the transition? Was it, Hey, I got the five years under my belt. So yeah, I started off on the defense side. That firm that you mentioned, not only everything in Kishnik, is a defense firm. And uh, my plan was to spend a couple of years there learning the defense side. I kind of knew that I would eventually, at some point, then turn into play, a plaintiff's lawyer. I left to start doing plaintiff's work a lot sooner than I had planned. I had uh, met uh, Fidel Rodriguez, who's a very successful, well-known uh, local plaintiff's lawyer. And I had the chance to work under him and learn under him for five years. And... Uh, I took another opportunity, but I knew at that time that I was really my, the calling that I had to start my own practice uh, was still there and I needed to just do it now. And I actually started my own practice in 2011, which was the same year that I got married. Uh, and it was like four months before the wedding. And so no stress uh, is there. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, you talk about uh, budgeting, but I, you know, that's one of those things where I, I realized like if I just sit around and wait for the perfect time to do this, it's never going to happen. The stars don't just align and the skies open and, and you make your grand entry. A lot of times it's just facing the truth and making the decision from one day to the next. So let, let's talk about uh, running a PI firm. So it seems like your firm just goes from strength to strength. You're, you're named top 100 trial lawyers, you're named 2020 Texas super lawyers list. And basically you just seem to have this track record for continuous improvement towards excellence to, towards just constantly striving to be better. Let's talk about the employee side. What do you look for when you're trying to find someone that's a right fit for your team? There are a lot of qualities that I look for, but the most important to me are folks that are effective communicators communications involved in any field. But for me, the most important with our, is dealing with our, talking to our clients, uh, like they're people. And being able to communicate how much that we care, there's just a lot of that stuff, you know, you can't teach that. I mean, you can have someone that knows, you know, that is, is really on top of things, organized, uh, knows how to handle a case from beginning to end. But at the end of the day, if that person can't communicate effectively with your clients and your client ultimately is not happy then for me, it's a, you know, it's a non-negotiable. It starts with and ends with communicating with clients for me. But, uh, but yeah, that's definitely one of the most challenging aspects to, for me at least, running a practice has been finding the right folks, what to look for and identifying those folks. And then ultimately making sure that they stay inside of your tent. Now, this is the kind of stuff they don't teach you in law school, right? Right. Um, and so... It's a really critical part of my practice. The people that I have that, I, that have been with me for a number of years now are just folks that uh, have qualities that you don't often find on a resume. 
Yeah, so that's kind of where I was going to go next. Is there things that you do to try to pull that out? Like, for example, do you do any type of personality assessments like DISC or Myers-Briggs or Colby or whatever? What type of things do you employ to try to find those and draw those out of people? Yeah, so that's one area for 2021 that's targeted for our area of improvement internally as far as operations is to use a test like one of the three you've mentioned or, or what we're looking at. You know, I started off, when I started off on my own, it took me probably at least two years before I hired my first employee. The way that I started off, you know, and I mentioned I was I was getting married and it wasn't something that I had planned as far as the decision. I always kind of knew that I, I would gravitate towards that, but um, I didn't have the resources when I started off on my own to hire my first employee right away. And so I've kind of learned this as, as you go. But, you know, I, I think uh, I meet with everybody with the interview. I mean, well, 2020, you can't do that anymore, right? But, uh, you know, we, we have at least two or three interviews, sit down with folks, come up with scenarios, talk about what are some of the things that draws, draw them to plaintiff's work or to work at a plaintiff's law firm. And, you know, you'd asked me earlier about the qualities that I look for in folks. I think one of the most important ones to me also is folks that are able to take constructive criticism and feedback and that are open to that. That is one of the things that stops, I think a lot of people from growing, uh, especially I've seen on the law side, is the willingness to learn, the willingness to take feedback, constructive criticism, and to just understand that you can be better. You can always be better. And that that starts with me. How do you ensure that your team, that you're keeping them up to high standards? So is a radical candor and that those tough conversation is that that a big component of that keeping those high standards oh absolutely you know i think that uh number one here all of our our staff employees know that everything revolves around our relationship with our client everything and you know look you're gonna you know we deal with a lot of folks day in day out there are sometimes going to be miscommunications there are going to be sometimes some some disagreements but nothing that we can't work with work through it's making sure that any of these issues aren't actually systematic and it's not part of our system that's, that causes anything. And so, yeah, I think all of our folks know that they have to keep their clients happy, our clients happy. And, and if not, if there's an issue, I mean, it's escalated. There's no step one, step two, step three, step four, and then I'm in step four. I'm, when it comes to that, I'm involved each step of the way. Citric firms are on the rise in the personal injury world. As clients are becoming more attuned to what they want in a firm, attorneys like George Salinas are stepping up to the plate to deliver that world-class, personalized experience. However, being great at what you do is only half of the equation. You've got to let people know about it. George has spent his years wisely investing in a hybrid marketing strategy that straddles traditional and digital. So I asked him for his top tips for PI firms looking to follow in his footsteps. First is word of mouth and referrals from lawyers. I mean, that I didn't have a budget to really put into marketing. And so, you know, what I relied on was making sure my work product and my clients were happy because they brought in clients down the road to this day. Um, and then I worked my tail off for, uh, you know, cases that other lawyers referred to me. And still rely on that, even though I do a lot of marketing uh, from both the digital side and the outdoor side here locally as well. Now I can have like that multi-channel approach 
to what I do since I've been doing it and, you know, have the resources to be able to do different forms of marketing. Once I had, I was in a position to actually be able to go and get involved with marketing, I chose to go the digital route and I did it slowly. And I, you know, I started with you guys. And the reason I did that was because I had to look at what I thought would be the most cost-effective time. And, and I don't, I think we started working together probably in around 2015 from what I remember in that time mm-hmm. frame. And what I thought was, okay, what can I do right now that is going to be a long-term play that's going to um, increase my profile, help my business, but I'm not trying to go toe-to-toe with these you know, massive law firm budgets on marketing I went the SEO route and I think it, it was a smart call, you know, and then slowly, once I did that, once I, I took the next step and did some, you know, other digital uh, advertising, and then I started doing outdoor advertising and that, you know, I think that was in about 2017 when I started doing, uh, you know, radio, outdoor billboards, buses, that kind of thing. So it was an organic growth process for me and it, it required a lot of patience on my part. And it still does. <laughs> it's a unique time to be talking about marketing and growth, right? Because, you know, uh, I've talked to a lot of people that are obviously there's a lot of uncertainty right now. You have to really stick with it at a time like this and you see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And I think you're doing it right with the multi-channel approach. So we get to see, fortunately, you know, we work with a lot of PI attorneys and we get to see, you know, the different approach to marketing and, and some will just go all in on digital and they'll avoid traditional entirely. And then others will go all direct response or it's just like this either or. And I, I see the benefit from the brand recognition and just from an SEO standpoint, if people recognize your billboard and your name, when they Google you, even if you're the second or third result, you might capture that click through. Then Google thinks you're a better result and may serve, serve you the number one position. Absolutely. No, I, I've seen that, that effect too. It's just sort of this ecosystem that feeds itself, right? And it's harder and harder, I feel like sometimes to track some of my, uh, especially, you know, the outdoor advertising, what I think is happening is folks hear you, they see you. And then, you know, when they're in their moment of need and they're looking for that, if they don't remember you already, and then they see you when they search for that, then the light turns on. And so the likelihood that you're going to convert scales up. So, yeah, you know, I mean, right now, I think marketing is definitely changing and, and it's changing rapidly, but there's no magic bullet is kind of what I've learned. And uh, you'd asked me earlier what advice I, I would give. And, and that's, you know, don't expect it overnight and don't expect there to be a magic bullet when determining how you're going to market. Uh, you just really have to put in the work. Uh, you have to be willing to invest in yourself, take what your practice has given you and put it back into your practice and do it for the long term. Yeah, and I've seen that firsthand, your firm just kind of incrementally compounding, just grow and grow and grow from these investments and kind of as compounding over time. One thing I wanted to, to talk about it is it seems like you're, you're very dedicated to the community of San Antonio and you're involved in a lot of charitable initiatives, big brothers, big sisters, uh, wounded warriors. You know, what inspired you to give back and be so involved in the local community? Yeah, so I, you know, those are some of the organizations uh, we donate to and get involved with. You know, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, actually, I was a, a big brother for 10 years, I think. And so once I started having, I've got three kids now. So unfortunately, I don't have the time that I used to before to put into the program. I got involved with Big Brothers, Big Sisters, actually, 
when I think I was in, it was 2007, I was a, a young lawyer. And I, I've, just the way I was raised, I guess, would be the easiest thing to say is you give back to your community. You know, not that you expect anything back, but it's the right thing to do. I, I now that I have kids and I have a family and I, you know, and I'm raising my family, I truly believe that it takes a village. And so, you know, I think it's easy to become sort of have tunnel vision as a business owner and just see what's in front of you as it relates to your business. But you have to step back and sort of pay attention to the community that you're in. I'm, I'm interested in a lot of different organizations that I'm, I'm, I'm currently involved with. And uh, I think that's something that I'm never going to give up. I don't have the time that I used to have, unfortunately, to put the volunteer hours into it. You know, I'm still able to uh, each year, but uh, it's definitely a passion of mine. Uh, there's, there's a lot of great organizations out there that rely on help from people in the community and whose missions are extremely important, you know, important to me from our local food bank to organizations that serve our veterans special needs is uh, I'm probably most passionate about right now. I think that's incredible. I like, the, I mean, just being selfless like that. And that's just incredible. It's just a great value to have. Let's switch over to personal a little bit. It seems like, you know, you've got this, you're very positive, the go get them type attitude. You know, so what makes you jump out of bed in the morning to kind of to go hit the ground running? Do you have like a morning routine? Is it how do you start off your day? Well, it's I have a five-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one and a half-year-old. So the, the way I start off my day is with chaos. But uh, I've got my routine. I mean, I I uh, I want to send my kids before they're off to daycare. Seeing that as the start of the day, and uh, you know, I'm listening to podcasts on the way to work, business-related podcasts. Usually, once in a while, I'll, I'll listen to music. Uh, but, you know, starting off with my six-shot Americano from Starbucks on the way to work, uh, I need my dose of caffeine. I'm a, I'm a night owl, and uh, it's been every year I, I vow that's when I'm, I'm going to break the habit and start going to bed at a reasonable hour. But uh, usually, you know, I stay up. That's when I, I love, you know, I'll read or uh, catch up on stuff. But I, I, I wake up I'm thinking about, you know, obviously I've got four or five things I know I need to get done for my cases and four or five things I need to get done for my business. And so, yeah, and I, and I, you know, get to the office, try to get here before eight at eight and just hit the ground running. You know, obviously, you know, right now it's tough because one of, one of the things that I, you know, I really enjoy about what I do, especially, you know, as, as my business has grown and getting to bring people into the business and seeing people's faces, talking to people. For me, that's been one of the big challenges with, with 2020 and, and COVID is not being able to feed off that energy from my office, right? And it's, you know, I'm productive when I'm working from my office at home. I'm on task, I'm getting it done, but it's a different feeling. Uh, I know that's a whole, probably another conversation, but what I really enjoyed in the mornings and the routine was walking to the kitchen and interacting with folks, saying hello and uh, seeing people's smiles and, and using, you know, that and really getting, getting your day started. And as a business owner too, I think it just really sort of rewarding when you see people showing up to work every day, ready to work and do your thing. I love the habits. That's incredible. You know, the business podcast, the, the Starbucks, I, I, my wife makes fun of me for the pumpkin cream cold brew. <laughs> That's my go-to right now. And what about on the, the, like the physical side, 
like staying in shape because, you know, we're all working from home now. I mean, now we're, some of us are starting to get back to the office, of course, but it's just been this different dynamic. So what about like the mental and physical conditioning? Yeah. So that, you know, I try to do cardio three times a week, four times a week. We've got some weights at home. I try to use at least twice, three times a week as well. And staying active, you know, I laugh, I'm laughing because of the cardio uh, with three kids. Like it really, like it's a cardio workout, right? Every day, just getting them to the bath. But, you know, I think it's, it's extremely important. I mean, I, and for anyone, but especially lawyers, the rates that we have in our profession for things like depression, you know, rates of suicide, things like that. It's really something that I've paid attention to since I started practicing law. And uh, definitely something that I think we need to pay more attention to as a profession, especially in light of some of the challenges that we're all facing. I think you probably know this, but I'm the type of person that really feeds off of interaction, right? I will take, you know, mental notes when it's like, okay, what, why, you know, am I not feeling as good as I normally would in, in the situation, right? What am I missing? And so paying attention to those cues is something that I think I've done a really a much better job with, especially when it comes to managing stress, because it's so easy to get lost in the wilderness, especially when you're balancing the demands of running your practice, running your, you know, your case doc, and then having a family or doing whatever else you have outside of the office. It's really easy to lose sight of maybe you need some help. Maybe you need to do something to take a step back and decompress. So yeah. That's a great piece of advice. And certainly I 100% agree. And George, as we come to this, uh, our closing segment, it's our three for three. It's just a quick fire round, three questions, three minutes. So number one, I think you're going to, you're going to know where this one's coming from. What is your top search engine optimization tip? Research who you work with. I know before I started working with you guys, I'd been through a few and, um, it is really easy to lose money in digital advertising, obviously, by not working with reputable vendors, by not asking for recommendations. I mean, I would do it and do it right. And when I say do it right, uh, don't expect the results to come overnight. Stay in it for the long haul because you're playing a long game. Great piece of advice. And thank you for that. And uh, second question, which entrepreneur do you admire the most? I like Mark Cuban. I don't know that I, no one's ever asked me that. And I don't know that I would say that it's the most, but his energy is something that I, I really like when it comes to uh, how passionate he is about his, uh, his businesses, plural. I'm a big basketball fan. I'm, uh, you know, I'm obviously living in San Antonio, so I'm a big Spurs fan. So for many years, I hated Mark Cuban because of the Maverick Spurs rivalry. But once I became a business owner, I think I began to uh, see a lot more in Mark Cuban than I learned to respect. And, uh, and obviously Tesla is another company that I, I, you know, watching them grow with Musk. Uh, so there's, it's tough. Bill Gates though. I mean, honestly, if you probably ask me who I respect the most because of his, I mean, not just genius, but the, what he's done even after his success and his, the, the, the philanthropy, that's my number one. Those are three, certainly three top entrepreneurs <laughs> for sure. And then final question here, what's the next place when you can finally travel your next destination for a vacation? I'd like to go to Europe. I've never been. I know that doesn't narrow it down, but I've never been to Europe, period. I've always worked like full time since I was 16, other than one year in law school. So I've never had the opportunity to travel abroad. And other than, you know, 
north and south of the U.S. But uh, I'd love to do that. My, my wife studied abroad when she was in college. And uh, I, I think I'd like to share that experience, have that experience, and take the family. So that would be cool. But realistically, the next place I'm probably going to travel, hopefully, will be Disney World because uh, I've never been there either. And I want to take my kids. Ten years running a firm is a relatively short amount of time in the scale of things. And George has achieved so much already. His growth trajectory and outstanding reputation goes to show you how strong core values and savvy marketing and hiring decisions are still key ingredients in any personal injury attorney's recipe for success. You've been listening to the Rankings Podcast. I'm Chris Dreyer. A huge thanks to George Salinas for joining us today. And you can find more info as always in the show notes. And we want to hear from you. What's your miracle growth formula for a successful PI firm? Drop us a review and let us know. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.